Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. Hey, hey, we are live. How you doing? Nick James here. What a phenomenal time to be live today. I'm joined by John Kenny, the relationship guy, author of The People Programme, How to Overcome Your Blocks to Success. So, John, thanks for joining me today. We are live on my Facebook page, profile in our community. I think maybe even on your Facebook as well. Um, and this will be going out on the Empire Builders podcast. So thanks for joining and welcome. I think thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. All over your social media. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So we, we, we've um, obviously we've known each other um, about a year, I think. Uh, roughly that you know we've been we've been working together and you've been part of our programs um i again you're you're kind of known as the relationship guy mm-hmm. and of course the term relationship is very broad and it can have many different applications so um of course that could be relationship with yourself that could be relationship with your intimate partner. That could be relationship with your friends and family. It could be relationship with business colleagues. It could yeah. be relationship with clients, with team members. Um, and ultimately, my personal belief, and I think you would agree, is that the most important relationship is the relationship you have with yourself. That comes first. So That's my different. question is, yeah. how do you think, why is it, that you think that the relationship with yourself is most important? Because it will um, it will dictate every other relationship you ever have and how you are within those relationships. If, you've, um, if you don't have a particularly healthy relationship with yourself, then you are unlikely to be able to give all of yourself to somebody else. Being authentic in that relationship, you're going to attract relationships based on that relationship you have with you. So if you if you don't really, I was, I was having a conversation with someone a couple of days ago, and they were saying they actually don't like their time, they hate their time by themselves, and they were wondering why they kept attracting relationships with people that ended up disliking them, um, and it was they weren't able to see that it was the fact that they, they weren't able to sit in their own space and be comfortable with who they were, and the relationships they then kept attracting towards them were by people that would end up in some way saying that they disliked them because they were reflecting their own view of themselves onto other people. Yeah, I guess that kind of answers um, in part the next question I was going to ask, which is like, how do you know, if, if the relationship with yourself is the most important relationship you're ever going to have, mm. how do you actually know whether you have a healthy relationship with yourself or not? And part of that, I guess you just said, you know, maybe – uh, an indicator might be that you don't particularly like your own company. What what else would lead you to conclude that somebody has a healthy relationship with themselves or maybe a not-so-healthy relationship with themselves? Yeah, so, so there's a few factors there. One would be to understand how your relationships are acting out in front of you. So if you find that your relationships are maybe following a certain type of pattern, you attract a certain type of person towards you, it's likely that that's how you're projecting yourself towards them and how you're inviting them people then into your life. Um, If you find that you don't push yourself forward for things when you know you could, uh, 
Um, you don't kind of get the results from things that you might be holding yourself back. You might procrastinate a lot. You might um, not take up opportunities when they come your way because you don't believe in yourself enough. Uh, you might find that you're constantly questioning yourself or you're looking for reassurance from people all the time, that you're not able to kind of make decisions because you're worried about what the outcomes might be as regards to how other people might see you, how they might judge you, because generally you're only able to be judged by someone else the way that you judge yourself. So if you find that you're judged a lot or you're uh, very sensitive to certain things, generally that's going to be triggering something within you of how you feel within you about you. Um, and being able to understand and kind of reflect on those things is when you're going to recognise if you have an unhealthy relationship yourself. Obviously the opposite, generally, if you've got a healthy relationship yourself, unless I would suggest that you do things regardless of everybody else then yeah. there's something there's there's going to be another block there about how you maybe need to prove yourself or disregard other people in order to get your own way and things like that so that would show that there's something else going on with you that may not be the healthiest yeah and, i mean you mentioned a lot of things there that i'm sure people watching people listening can relate to um you know maybe feeling like you want to put yourself forward for something but there's something that holds you back from doing it or procrastination you're not doing the things that you know you should be doing like what are some of the key things that you could share as to how you might overcome some of those patterns of behavior yeah i think that being able to understand first awareness is key with these types of things because if you don't know you're doing it then it's going to be almost impossible for you to do anything about it because you don't you wouldn't know that you're doing it in the first place so that sort of self-reflection is very important so if you recognize there are certain patterns of behavior that you've got then you can start to address those and understand where they come from um, and why you do them, why you might have that kind of idea about yourself. I think my kind of greatest kind of awakening was actually when I did write my book um, because there are lots of things that happened in my life that I didn't really understand. Uh, for example, when I was, uh, I was on holiday with my friends in um, Tenerife one year and I won this raffle and I got up on stage in front of like two, three hundred people to collect my prize. And the guy said, what's your name? And I said, John. And I just got really embarrassed. I got re really red, went really hot. And I thought, oh, that's because I'm standing on front of, you know, there's two or three hundred people in this room. I'm standing up in front of these people collecting my prize. And then actually when I was writing my book, I thought, you know, it wasn't about that at all. It's actually because I just rejected my own name. I didn't feel comfortable just being me on that stage. Uh, and it was such a sort of severe kind of reaction um, I, I didn't quite understand it at the time, but when I look back, I know actually it's just because I didn't accept who I was at all. Um, and it was only when I reflected back on that and understood sort of these patterns of when I find myself in situ similar situations where I, I feel quite embarrassed, I feel like I don't want to push myself forward, um, that I thought, actually, how, how, why is that? What is it about me that's stopping me from doing that? And that awareness of that relationship you have and how you feel about yourself and how you see yourself is key to being able to kind of turn these things around. Yeah, and I'm willing to bet that um, you could have cited a number of different examples where that's played out throughout your life and yeah. those watching, those listening, I guess the invitation is to take the time to analyse those experiences you've had mm. and try and dig deep and work out what was really going on there? What was the meaning? Because you could easily have just 
like you said, you could have glossed over that and said, well, you know, I was just nervous because I was in front of a large number of people and thought mm. more of it, but that wouldn't have given you the growth. It wouldn't have given you the lesson that you've now learned, which has enabled you to own your identity, your name, stand up in front of an audience of people and not feel that way. But I think oftentimes we just brush things like that under the carpet and don't really pay attention. Um, no, no it's so, something that we, we just don't know we're doing. We don't know why we're doing it. So it's that, that reflection, like you said, is really important. So if, somebody, if somebody's watching or listening to this and they're, they're, they're resonating with what we're saying here, they're going, yeah, you know, I, I do procrastinate at certain times or I do, you know, I stand back and I don't put myself forward and I probably should, but all other things like that. Um, what would be like the first steps that somebody could take to start identifying what those, what I would call significant emotional events, those light events are that have shaped them? Um, what would the first steps that somebody could take, what would they be um, to start this process? I think if you're going to do this yourself, I think the first thing for you to think about is the meaning that you give to these situations. Mm -hmm. If you can understand the significance of them for you, you'll understand the kind of the emotional reaction that you're having to them and why you might be stopping yourself from moving forward. Um, I think meaning is everything. If you, if you don't give something a meaning, it doesn't matter um, to you. So you can have a thought, and if, if, there's a, if, the, if you give it a meaning or not, that's, that will depend on your emotional response to it, and your emotional response will then trigger your behaviour. So such as procrastination. Procrastination isn't about time management. Procrastination is about emotional management. So if yes. you've been able to understand what your emotions are, then you can start to address what is triggering those emotions in the first place. And then you can understand what it is that you might, the meaning that you're giving to it, that's stopping you from moving these things forward and have that awareness about, okay, I can see why I might give that this meaning. What is it that I might be fearful of? What is it, am I fearful of maybe uh, not being good enough? Am I fearful of maybe being too successful? Again, am I frightened of being seen, which was a lot of the stuff that I struggled with. It's about sort of standing out and allowing people to see who you are uh, mm -hmm. because you didn't accept that part of your kind of who you were yourself. So if you can understand the meaning that you give to your thoughts, then you can understand what it is that's maybe keeping you in this like pattern the loop that you might be going around in and stopping you from doing the things that you want to do. Yeah, I mean, you, your your book, The People mm. Program, um, is all about how to overcome your blocks to success. Yeah. Um, what are some of, in your experience, the most common blocks to success that people experience? So, again, it really does come back down to this, how you how you feel about yourself um, and what you allow for yourself because even when you become aware of these things you might still have those blocks in there that stop you making the choices that are the best thing for you mm. um, generally most of this stuff will come from your childhood um, you develop your sense of self usually within the first seven years of your life sometimes yeah. sooner um, and if that hasn't been addressed then you'll find that in adult life you'll keep repeating the same types of patterns that you have developed in childhood around your kind of personal beliefs about yourself and what you think you're worth, um, how confident you are. All of those things are generally things you carry from the early years of your life. Um, 
So something like imposter syndrome will generally come from childhood events, maybe something that happened at school, but it's about you not feeling like you're able to put yourself forward. So if you do something, you don't fight, quite feel good enough that you maybe you don't deserve this, that you didn't get the praise and positivity that you needed when you were growing up in order to just feel that you were being successful anyway. You can't feel proud of your achievements because no one ever made you feel that what you were doing was good enough. Um, so then you start to interpret that yourself. Well, actually, if I do this, it never feels good enough. So therefore, as I get older, um, I don't feel that anything I ever do is going to be enough to to get the success and the level of kind of gratification and stuff that I want from this because you don't know what that feels like. So you just pass that by and you'll just move on maybe to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing until you think you're going to get some satisfaction from it, but you never does because you're never in the space to acknowledge it for yourself. Um, you touched on imposter syndrome. Let's, let's dig into that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a challenging view forward. I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Of course. My experience, and you know, I've, I've worked with and been around a lot of extremely successful people in various different areas, not just in business. My, my experience is leading me to think the imposter syndrome, i.e. the feeling that I am not necessarily up to the standards of maybe some other people, I'm, I'm getting towards the point where I think it's a natural thing. <clears throat> but I think it's – I believe that everyone in certain environments is likely to feel that in some way, shape, or form. Like, you put me in an environment that I'm comfortable in – with people that I know and, you know, either, you know, I've succeeded in business as they have or, you know, we, we have similar um, you know, similar interests, similar similar skills, etc. I'm really comfortable. Put me in an environment where I'm totally out of my comfort zone, where I'm around people that I don't relate to, that, that succeeded, you know, in crazy ways that I'm nowhere near. Like, for example, put me on a golf – I'm a keen golfer, John, as you know. Yeah. Put me on a golf course with, like, Tiger Woods um, when his knees are better, Rory McIlroy, you know, Dustin Johnson. Yeah. I'm probably going to feel imposter syndrome. So I don't know that's an extreme yeah. example. Yeah. But I guess the, the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of going – should we just accept that sometimes we're going to feel uncomfortable and try, and try not to fight it? What, what, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think that's, that's a slightly different thing. I think imposter syndrome would be when you're good at something, but right. you doubt your, your own ability. Are so, you saying I'm not very good at golf, John? Is that what you're getting <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not compared to Rory McIlroy or Dustin Johnson, no. Yeah, so when you're in that space, you're perfectly entitled to feel lesser than them as yes. far as your skill level is concerned because yeah. – you're not as good as they are. So it's okay for you to say, I know I'm not. But also there's going to be a little bit of awe and stuff about the, you know, who they are and things like that too. So you might feel slightly out of your depth. I guess the question is when it's, um, when it's justified versus where it's just you yeah. getting your own way. You're not seeing your genius, your skill, your gift. Yeah. You know, so I, I would say that if you were standing on stage at an, an Expert Empires event, and you felt uncomfortable and you didn't feel like you deserved or were worthy to stand in front of those people and tell them about your mastermind, that would be imposter syndrome. 
Yeah. And by the way, I had experiences earlier in my career where I definitely experienced that, where I was on big stages, other people's events normally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, mid to late 20s and, you know, I hadn't achieved anywhere near the success that some of the other speakers had. You know, they were a lot more experienced than I was. Um, and I certainly got some, I had some of that. And the, the truth was, like, I'd been invited to speak at the event because I had something of value to offer, but I didn't believe it. I was kind of like, what on earth am I doing here? Um, and that that definitely didn't serve me. And that probably, certainly that thinking, that, that imposter syndrome in that environment held me back. Now, one of the reasons, happy to share this openly, one of the reasons why um, I started doing a lot less speaking on other stages was that. And one of the reasons why I created my own stages as in started running my own events, Expert Empires, was that. Because I was like, hey, if somebody pays money to come to my event, like I do not need to be concerned with, um, I don't need to be concerned with whether or not I deserve to be there. Like I've earned the right to be there because it's my event. So... Yeah, I think it's it's a case of whether or not it's relevant and appropriate. Um, and it looks like we've lost John from the live stream. Um, but I think, you know, this conversation is important, which is imposter syndrome, I believe, as I've said, you know, we all experience in certain areas of um, our lives and sometimes it's relevant and appropriate and sometimes it's not relevant and appropriate and sometimes it's holding you back um john is back now disappeared <laughs> and reappeared john so I, I was kind of just tying up that imposter syndrome uh conversation um and whether at times it is appropriate and whether at times it's not um mm-hmm. how, how would you how would you start the process of overcoming that feeling if, if somebody has related to anything we've said around imposter syndrome maybe you know like me in my early career you know i felt a little bit of that when i was on stage at events or you know maybe it's maybe it's in another environment where you're you, you should not you know you should not feel that way but you do how would you start dealing with that how would you start overcoming it john yeah i think again it's about that understanding i've got a client at the moment and they um uh, had difficulties as a child. Their dad left them when they were young, and they were kind of brought up by their uncle as far as their positive influence was concerned. And they pushed them through school, pushed them through their education, and then pushed them into their career. Um, but they were never praised for that. They were always said, "Okay, now you've done this. What's the next thing that you need to do?" So now they they excel in their field. Uh, they're in IT. Um, and they are one of the most sought after people as, with the, a specific type of Microsoft uh, software. Um, but they don't believe in themselves. So they get all of these, they get headhunted and they get these jobs and they get all this. But every time they're put into this space, they don't believe that they can do the job that they're very capable of doing. It's because when they were growing up, they came from a from a very difficult background very poor background as well so there's something around playing in that about um wanting to look after the family one needing to do enough it doesn't ever feel like it's enough because their family are always asking them for things so it doesn't matter what they give to their family their family always want more and also they're dealing with this thing where they grew up that their uncle never said well done 
that's a great bit. Now let's bask in this success for a little while. And now what are we going to do next? It was always, okay, now you've done that. Well, now what are we going to do? So they never felt like what they were achieving was ever good enough. So if you can think of <clears throat> what that might mean for you. So when I was, uh, I used to be an athlete. I used to run for Great Britain back in my 20s. But I never felt good enough to be on that stage. So my success, when I was lining up against all these kind of top athletes and was running in my GB vest and stuff, I never felt like I fitted there. Um, I wanted it, really wanted it, and I wanted to make a success of it and have a career. But whenever I would line up in an event where there were people where I could actually do really well, I could get recognised, I always shrunk into myself and I would never run very well because mm. I didn't know how to be in that space. And I felt like when I was lining up against him for Christie and John Regis and the types of people back in the early 90s, I never felt like I belonged there. Yeah. Um, and that would massively smash my confidence. And then I just wouldn't run very well because I didn't believe that I could. Mm. Um, well, look, what I love about doing these interviews, I didn't know that about you at all. Right, um, okay. so, so, yeah, learning something new. Yeah. About about you and about people I interview every day. Um, so, so by the sounds of it, you were short distance sprinting. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed and fascinated to talk more with you about that offline, probably. Um, so, uh, yeah, that threw me off because I had I was thinking about something. I was like, oh, because I'm fascinated by sport, as you know. Um, and we've got comments here. Comment from Mary uh, here on Facebook saying. Um, she totally gets it as from one don't believe I'm good enough athlete to another she definitely gets it and Lila mm -hmm. has talked about um, uh, about procrastination and how since she's been full time in the business she's certainly experienced more of that um, what I was going to ask John is th this conversation I think has got a couple of different levels to it so as you were talking and, and knowing that a lot of this stuff, all of this stuff really comes from mostly childhood experiences. Um, what can we do as parents? Like you were just sharing about that experience of working with somebody who, you know, were, they were never celebrated their success. It was always what's next. So yeah. I've got two kids, as you know, and they're, they're eight and 12. And, you know, I, I like to think that me and my wife do a pretty good job of, of building self-esteem in them. But like, so part one of this conversation is how can we as adults, as people that are building businesses, how can we increase our own self-esteem and, and, and you know, avoid imposter syndrome when it's not helping or appropriate? Um, but how can we ensure that, and maybe I've missed the boat, they're eight and 12, the first seven years. <laughs> but how can we ensure, or for, for any of the parents that are watching, listening to this, yeah. how can we ensure that we raise our kids with, high levels of self-esteem? I think the, the important thing is to understand what they need in order to feel good about themselves. I mean, we're all very different as human beings and we all have very different needs and our perception as children is what creates the problems. So there are some clients I work with and you would never un understand why they felt so bad because when you talk about things in their childhood, they're always pretty good. Yeah. But they've developed a sense of self, maybe just be one sent them off on the on a, on a negative self-track um but to offer that encouragement the support the love the understanding the care um to understand what it is that they want 
from the things that they're doing. So we can always tell them, I'll do your best and this will be good enough. And, and that to a certain degree is great. We need to know that doing our best, you know, because we all have limitations, like you said, with the golf earlier on, like I did with the athletics. I didn't, we all have, we, you know, we're not as good as some people. So we need to acknowledge that we do have limitations and to manage that in, in a very positive way is to say, look, if you're doing your best at this, what is it that you're trying to get out of it? And again, as, as kids, we need to know that we've got the support and the encouragement of our caregivers, um, that they're interested in the things that we do, that we're not dismissed, that um, when we do something well, that it's acknowledged and encouraged when maybe we could be doing something better, um, but not allow maybe the stuff that, and our own expectations as adults to be put on to our children yeah. um, because we have our own idea about how things sh should be. And, and I really don't like the word should um, mm. because they, they shouldn't be anyway. This, this is a little individual in front of you and it's about understanding what it is that they need in order for them to feel good about themselves and to do kind of put their best in and, and get their best results. What, what's your view on like, especially in young, in, in children, winning, losing um, versus like doing your best is good enough versus, you know, giving out medals and trophies for eighth, ninth and tenth place. Like I, I really struggle with this. It's a debate that I don't have a, really a conclusive opinion on because part of me says like, look, life is – like when you grow up, you are going to have certain things that are rewarded mm -hmm. when you win, and there are going to be certain consequences when you don't. And so it's good to learn that lesson young. On the flip side, I can see how, you know, a negative experience in childhood um, could have a detrimental impact on that person's um, mindset and behavior in their, in their life further down the line. So, yeah. I don't think I have an answer. I'm curious to know what you think about this. Like, what, what's your thought about um, meritocracy yeah. in childhood uh, versus not? I, I think they need to know that they've done the best that they can do. So there's an encouragement side and a, uh, a support side and a, a being proud of the, the effort that they've put into something. But as I said, I think even as children, you need to be able to recognise your limitations and if you want to get better at something, then to be encouraged to get better at it and that taking part in something is OK if you get something from it. And it's understanding what, you know, what you're going to get from if you're going to line up in a race of 10 people and come 10th. What is it that you've actually got from that experience? Um, and you might be very upset that you came 10th. But actually, if then you want to come 9th and 8th and 7th, then you're going to have to do something differently in order to get a different result right you can't get a, a different result if you keep doing the same thing but it's understanding the meaning for that for that child so how do they feel about coming 10th you know is it do they want a medal for coming 10th they just they want to pat on the back and say well done you did your best mm -hmm. um because like you said people they need to know that later on in life you're not going to get rewarded for coming 10th all the time um and when they do get to that point where they don't get rewarded for coming 10th they're going to be very disappointed and I think there's a lot of the people that I talk to around their kids that there's a generation at the moment that feel like there's an entitlement to get what get rewarded for something when they don't put much effort in or they get something if they do, you know, if they're not really pushing themselves. 
Um, and that's not, I, don't, I agree, I don't think that's the right way to do it because it doesn't teach you in a very important life lesson if you actually want to get the result that you, you need to figure out what you want from taking part in this thing in the first place. Um, and especially when I, when I look at the kind of relationship stuff I do, it's what do you want in a relationship that's very important? And it's something that we're not encouraged to think about as kids. Yeah. I think, I think for me the most important thing that you said that I take away from this is it's the meaning that is given. So, you know, your kid finishes 10th in sports day. What's the meaning that's given to that? Is the meaning, look, you did, you did your absolute best and was really proud of you. Is the meaning given that, look, here's what happened, and if you want to improve in the future, then there are things you're going to need to do to improve. If you want to, you don't have yep. to. Yep. A lot of the time, parents imposing their own um, desire yep. on the kid, which is you know not healthy. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't say that I've not been guilty of that at some point as a parent, for sure. I, I wish I could, but I can't say that I haven't been guilty of that. And um, I think you know, it's, it ultimately does come down to the meaning. Um, you know, Tony Robbins always says that look, in any moment, and this applies to adults, kids, humans as a whole. In any moment, we're only really asking ourselves two questions. What does this mean and what am I going to do about it? Um, and I think, you know, when we ask those two questions um, with our children, what does this mean? What am I going to do? And they ask those two questions. What does this mean? What am I going to do? Does this 10th does this place finish mean you're not good enough, you failed. No, it doesn't mean that. It means that you're currently the 10th fastest mm. in this group. And yeah. so if there's 30 in that group, that is to a degree to be celebrated. And mm. if there's 10 in the group, then it's to acknowledge that you're maybe not where you want to be. And what are you going to do about it? What are you going to yeah. do next? I mean, again, to be encouraged to manage that emotion. Yeah, yeah, that's the reason. It's the, what's the meaning? What does it really mean? And then let's let's embrace, let's manage, let's understand the emotion because that's the problem where the emotion, the, the emotional response is disproportionate to the event. The meaning given to the event isn't a healthy or helpful one. And that's the sort of stuff that stays with us and impacts us negatively later through life. And by the way, John, I know that some of the things we're touching on here. Um, you talk about a lot more in your book, yeah. um, which is called The People Programme, How mm -hmm. to Overcome Your Blocks to Success. And I believe that you've got a website that you've put up, especially for people in our community, people that are listening to our Empire Builders podcast, that follow me on social media, where they can get a copy of that book. They can yeah. buy it on Amazon, but if they go to this page, I'm guessing... You can get it for more or less half price if you go to the page. It's just to cover the postage and the packing, really. So um, what is that web page, please? Uh, so it's uh, my, on my website, so www.johnkennycoaching.com forward slash book giveaway. Sweet. So one word. Get yourself over to johnkennycoaching.com forward slash book giveaway. I'll post that link in the comments here on on the different Facebook platforms. I'll also um, pop a link in the show notes on the podcast as well. So people can go and grab their copy. As we said, you know, it, it's essentially free. You're just paying to cover the, the postage and packaging 
um, rather than paying full price on Amazon. So um, yeah, get yourself over. If anything that we've discussed here um, has resonated with you and you feel like you could benefit from understanding some of this at a deeper level, then John's book is definitely um, going to be useful for you. So the people program, how to overcome your blocks to success, go to johnkennycoaching.com forward slash book giveaway. Thanks, John. Thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. No, very well. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. And uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Those that are listening on the podcast, those that have watched live here on Facebook, on the page, my profile, our Expert Empires community, etc. Um, thanks for joining. Hopefully you found this useful and we'll see you very soon. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.